Welcome to Navigating Love and Immigration. I'm your host, Megan Pastrana. Falling in love is exciting. Maintaining a healthy relationship takes work. And when you're going through an immigration process, you are faced with unique challenges. This podcast is for anyone in a cross-cultural relationship who finds themselves lost in the labyrinth of U.S. immigration. We will interview relationship experts, explore the stories of real couples, and provide important tips on starting the next chapter of your lives together. Welcome, everyone, to this week's Navigating Love and Immigration. I have a fantastic guest here today, Reverend Heron, who performs virtual weddings. So she has her own company, Online Weddings Utah. And having you as a guest today, you have no idea. Like I'm so excited. And I know all of our followers and our, our clients of Immigration for Couples are excited because there's so many rumors out there about are virtual weddings real? Are they legal? Will immigration accept them? If they do, what is the process? And and for everyone who says that they are allowed, there's somebody who says they aren't or that they are real and they aren't. And so we are just here to break through all those rumors, give people the truth and the facts and the history of virtual marriages. And before we dive into that, though, I'd love to hear more about your work in the world, how and how you got into this, because I'm very specific in who I invite on to the podcast. I always look for people who their work in the world is very heart-centered, that they really care about the couples or the, the individuals that they serve. And when I found you, you were definitely embodied that heart-centered work. So I'd like to first start out by letting our audience learn more about you and how you got into this. So I'll turn it over to you. Well, thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure and honor to work with someone else who is also that, you know, dedicated person, as you said, heart-centered, compassionate. That's really a big presence in the work that I do, and I try to bring that to all of my couples. I actually was one of those kids that always wanted to be a wedding officiant, right? Interesting, really. Yeah, some kids grow up and they want to be a fireman or, or you know, an astronaut or, you know, a doctor or a veterinarian or whatever. I looked at weddings and I just thought it was the most interesting thing possible. And I wanted to be that person standing up at front with the couples. That's so cool. So I guess that's part of the reason that I got into it so early. The first time I ever performed a wedding was for one of my really good friends. And um, that was in February of 1996. Awesome. So um, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I know you said you've been doing it two decades. And I want to highlight over, yeah. yeah, yeah, over two decades. And I wanted to highlight too, I think that the, there's so many things that are so cool about your work, but that you've done over 800 virtual weddings. And you've yeah. also done in person. So you've probably done over a 1000 weddings, but oh, over easily. 800. <laughs> yeah, easily, but <laughs> over 800 virtual weddings. And yeah. I loved our last conversation where you were telling more about the history of virtual weddings. I'd love to yeah. start our conversation there. So if you want to go ahead and dive into that. Okay, for sure. The online wedding thing is a really interesting concept, you know, just, just this virtual meeting and, and everything. And um, the thing that happened here in Utah specifically was that there was this person who, who went to the Utah County Clerk's office to get married. Okay. And her name is Amelia Powers Gardner. And she found the process so clunky and 
lengthy and it was just you had to go down you had to stand in line you had to fill out all these forms and then the person would take the forms and then they're entering the same information that you just wrote down into their system and then there was no way to check that for accuracy before you got into it you know so there could be typos on your on your application that you weren't even aware of so she decided similar to what i did but she decided she was going to fix it and so she got herself elected to the utah county clerk office and that was her drive she was like we need to modernize this process it's slow it's clunky it's terrible and it was really her um drive that made this happen and she started that i believe she got elected in 2018 Mm-hmm. They started the process of the modernization in 2019. So they were already working on that before, well before the pandemic. They had targeted to roll it out beginning of 2020. How perfect uh, in terms of timing. It just dovetailed, you know, and, and it, uh, you know, it was just the right thing for the right time. Really, they intended it just to be a modernization of their platform, right? So they didn't really foresee the whole like pandemic and needing to not be in person. Because who could think of that, right? I mean, it, yeah. just, it was so out there. But when it did happen and they had this system all ready to go, and they launched it and um, people started using it. So because the pandemic was starting to drag, right? So at first it was just like, oh, it's just going to be a few weeks, maybe a couple uh-huh. months. They started saying like, well, people are having to do things via Zoom now, right? So they're having to attend court, for instance. And they figured, um, you know, if it was good enough for a federal court to attend a virtual, you know, virtually, what they did was they got a bunch of experts together, they talked to everybody, and then they basically wrote their parameters for the online weddings for their platform, right? So the online weddings from Utah County are fairly specific in, in what you can and can't do. The first rule really is that the um, the wedding must be hosted from a geographical location in Utah. Okay. And there's only one of three people that can host the wedding. Either one of the couple could host the wedding and then the officiant and the other people could actually be elsewhere. Or the officiant can be in Utah and then everybody else can be elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And you're in Utah. So I live in Salt Lake City, so I was uniquely <laughs> suited for this particular one. They looked around and said, well, we think that this is okay. And they wrote up their rules and started offering them. Mm -hmm. And this is going to dovetail a little bit into Israel, if you want. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know you were talking about the impact that Utah and the virtual marriages have had on, on other countries. So, yeah, definitely share. So when they started this virtual marriage, I think one of the things that impacted it sort of globally was the fact that Israel as a country does not allow civil marriage as a concept. So if you don't get married in one of the religious institutions that are approved, you you can't get married. Yep. If you're different, uh, different religions, you can't get married. Same sex couple can't get married. Yeah. And I see that, you know, practicing immigration law, we have couples literally all over <clears throat> the world and you have to just have a legal marriage wherever you're getting married and every country has such unique rules. And yes, yeah. Israel is one of them that yeah. has some rigidity and who can get married. And a lot of the time, you know, pe- people from Israel were going to other countries already to get married. So that was yeah. already happening because they had to go to Cyprus or they had to go to Denmark or somewhere else to get married and then return to Israel. And when, of course, you have the pandemic going on, so about 500 Israeli couples 
in 2020 started getting married through this this service and this process as of course you know it kind of spread a little bit like a wildfire yeah and then one of their officials that was in office at the time basically brought it to a halt and said we don't accept these marriages mm -hmm. the problem with that being that it actually violates the hague convention where all of the countries you know agree that they're going to accept marriages from other countries especially if they're valid of course yep. they just said no we're not going to allow these and it took them all the way up to the israeli supreme court in 2022 they they finally issued a ruling saying these are legit they're allowed and they they kind of opened the doors again for all the israeli couples to come in and start doing these weddings again that's awesome so and they literally changed the laws that's so amazing and that's <laughs> exactly that explains why too that there are so many rumors and so much confusion out there yes. this is really something that's kind of like that building the airplane while you're flying it concept everybody's trying to figure out what do we do with this new concept of weddings and for people maybe who've never heard of virtual weddings or who for those of you who have i think it would be really great if you could just it sounds very self-explanatory right but what does a virtual wedding look like what does that even mean for people who want maybe aren't fully aware so a virtual wedding and according to the rules of the of, of the state of utah it's really just that one person has to host it but a virtual wedding is you get a digital marriage certificate so that's really the key right because the marriage certificate is what makes it legal yep and there's not there are not a lot of places in the world that actually offer a fully digital certificate so there's you know there's some point you have to like send them something or you have to go in or you have to do this or that to get it as far as i'm aware utah county is really unique in having that sort of front to back digital process right so you just go into their website start an application process they do an identity check so they have a bunch of facial recognition technology in there and so they will check your id um, read your information actually off of your id and then once they verify your identity they can issue the license the license then is issued via email so everything happens yeah awesome every, every single piece of it is online including mm -hmm. my part and then once you have that digital certificate you can basically take that anywhere right so you could find any officiant anywhere in, in utah to do your ceremony for you and in fact utah county does offer their own process where they have clerks who can do your marriage there's a lot and i think they issued about forty-four thousand certificates since they started it so wow it's, it's quite a large number of people that so is my little wow. 800 is just a little teeny sliver of that but yeah no i mean that's still a big sliver i mean you're having a big you're having a big impact i wouldn't call that teeny i think that's and i think that's awesome they how many people have been able to get married then because of this system and so exactly so the couple and you yeah, it's on Zoom, just like we are if people are having to watch this podcast. That's on correct. Channel. Yeah. And a lot of people get confused about it because they think, well, if if we're on Zoom, we still have to be together. That's not the case. If we're on Zoom, my my witnesses need to be with me. That's also not the case. So literally you could have five. So the minimum required for a wedding is five people. You've got your mm -hmm. officiant, you've got your couple and you have two legal witnesses and all five of those people could be in completely different countries. As long as we can all see and talk to each other, that's really what makes this a legal process, right? Because we can, just as if we're standing face to face, talk to each other. I can ask them the legal questions and all that kind of thing. 
basically once we get into when we get the wedding organized we get into the zoom call i have to do two things which is one i have to verify that their witnesses are present and that they consent to be legal witnesses because they have to sign digitally okay and then the second thing that happens is that i have to confirm with the couple that they're both there and willing to be married to each other I, awesome. And because we, we've had a lot of couples who've gone through this process and we've had couples that are in different places and then they're together, but we've always, they've always given us proof because that's part of the immigration process of that ceremony. So they'll have screenshots and you'll see everybody on the screen be at five different um, Zooms or, or yeah. maybe, maybe four if the couple is together. And you and I are kind of tag teaming on this to break through some of those those rumors. And you yeah. and I, when we were having our last conversation, I was telling you that a lot of the confusion out there is regarding proxy marriages. And so I wanted to make it clear for people who, if you're listening or if you're watching, however you're consuming this podcast, that proxy marriages are something totally different and they they than the virtual marriage. So it's really yes. important. The main thing I want people to take away is that there was some individuals who might be conflating these two processes and a yeah. virtual a virtual wedding the couples are both there participating be it yes. in the same location or two different whereas a proxy marriage that it's something that's been around for a, a, a many many years and it used to be used in during times of war and you would really have somebody who's standing in for the bride or or the groom and the virtual wedding though both couples are participating exactly and We've helped, you know, at Immigration for Couples, we've helped with both, but I think it's really important to understand these virtual weddings, you're getting a, a marriage license and both couples are participating in the ceremony and there's not, there's nobody standing, there's nobody standing in and it's a legally binding marriage in Utah. Yeah. Am I getting all of that? Mm. Is Absolutely correct. Right and now. in fact, a lot of people have a misunderstanding about this process also in that they think that they're going to be getting a marriage certificate that says online marriage. The reason that it doesn't say that is because that certificate is used for every single couple that goes through Utah County. So it doesn't matter if they're a, a couple literally standing in front of me here in Utah. Mm -hmm. Many of my in-person couples actually use this digital certificate just because it's so easy. But you basically, when when you do an online marriage through, through Utah County, you have no guarantee that that's gonna be online because thousands upon thousands of couples just get married here in Utah with it, right? Mm -hmm. So it, as long as the certificate is used inside the boundaries of the state, it doesn't matter where you are, that you can use this, the same certificate. So you got married in Utah, basically. Yeah. And there's zero difference between any certificate that an online marriage gets versus an, an in-person couple. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'm glad you highlighted that because I think, yeah, couples do have that concept of, well, I'm afraid immigration won't accept or I'm afraid it's not going to be accepted in other places as legally binding because it's some kind of virtual thing. But yeah, it is, it's no different than a, a couple who would get married physically in your presence together. Same exactly. marriage license, legally binding marriage in, in Utah. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, so it's the same exact process and it, it literally does not matter. And it doesn't it does have no there's no legal difference at all between those two things in terms of the Utah online marriages. Mm hmm. I think it's so amazing that this process exists. And I want to dive into that more with you because we were sure. talking about all the benefits. I know that I have clients that will come to me and say, oh, we really want to get married so we can start our immigration process. But we're going through this paperwork labyrinth, you know, wherever the Philippines or 
you yeah. know, they're in France and there's all these waiting times. And like mm-hmm. I said, paperwork labyrinth or, or like you said, with, with Israel, you know, maybe they don't meet the requirements to even be able to get married, even if they wanted to. So can yeah. you dive into some of the couples who benefit most from this, especially in the same, the same sex context? Yeah, absolutely. So the same sex context is a really interesting and important one. And I feel that it's going to be kind of a wedge issue for a lot of countries. And actually, that's one of the things that happened here in the U.S. So in the U.S., we did not have same-sex marriage, but couples were going to places that did have it, like Canada or Denmark, for instance, and then they would bring their marriage certificate back. And because it was a legally binding certificate, they had to recognize it here, right? So it it's it's the same deal like in hong kong for instance they don't have same-sex marriage in hong kong but a couple from hong kong who's a same-sex couple can get married bring their certificate back register it with the hong kong government and then they get all of the same legal benefits that a married couple would in hong kong same thing with israel so it really is kind of that wedge where it's legal and you have to recognize it. The countries are basically forced to recognize it again because they would be in violation of the Hague Convention if they did not. So it's really a, a it's a really hugely important issue. And I think the online marriages are going to go a really long way towards kind of wedging that door open even more because you do have a lot of couples who now are like, I'm legally married in the US. Yep. Here's my certificate. And so it really is going to be that thing that starts changing those laws and starts, you know, widening that crack of legitimacy for all these same-sex couples around the world. I've had uh, couples come to me who are like, I know that, you know, it's never going to be legal here. And I'm like, well, don't be so sure about that because, you know, this is, it's, it's a thing. It's, it really is changing the world and reshaping the way that that people get treated in certain ways, you know, and I, I'm not going to say it's it's obviously it's not going to be overnight, but th- there already exists that legal gray area where it's accepted here. It's not accepted here, but they have to do it because it's a legal marriage. Right. And mm-hmm. the concept of, you know, reporting your marriage is that you shouldn't have to get married in each country you go to. Right. You get oh. married once, then you move. You shouldn't have to get remarried over here. Right. Because you're already done. No. Yeah. Think about how that would be insanely confusing. And I know that's what couples will, you know, they've gone through maybe a virtual marriage or they, or they go out of their way to go to another country, especially in the same sex context to go somewhere where they can get married and have it be legally recognized. And then that concern is always, well, my country doesn't recognize it. Like you're saying, and that's what I tell them too. It has to be, it's legally recognized all over the world. Otherwise that would be insanely confusing and immigration Immigration only cares that you're legally married in one place, legally in that place, state or country, and that and it counts across the board. It doesn't matter where where you move. So I think that's yeah. so beautiful that it's opening a door mm-hmm. and facilitating it for couples, and it's going to be so much easier than. I mean, I've I've been practicing immigration law for a decade, and I remember people having to literally go to travel to another country, and now this is you can be wherever yeah. you are, and a door has opened for you. Yes, yeah, exactly, so and it just it lowers. And especially um, so that's uh, when you were talking about, you know, that that kind of heart centered service. So um, I have been really adamant about the fact that I'm not going to be charging, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars for this process. There are companies out there who do. But my insistence on it is that I want 
those people in in countries where 150 dollars is a lot of money still yeah. but it's a lot more affordable than the 600 or 900 or whatever that i've seen you know in other places mm-hmm. and um i want those young you know like couples who can't you know do this in other countries to be able to come to me and in fact i created a program called the compassionate support program where if they have a legal wedding and they apply for my my program i just do their ceremony for free you know Aww. because i really want to help the folks that need it i've been able to help you know i think i've got like 50 or so people through my mm-hmm. compassionate support program at the time okay. but i would love to have more and what is the compassionate support program? Tell, tell me more. So. so it's just a way for people who, if they can't afford like the full cost of a marriage. So let's talk about costs for, for just a minute. So mm-hmm. if you are getting married in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and you live in the U.S., your marriage certificate will only cost you $70 because you don't need to ship it overseas. Uh-huh. Yes. If you are overseas, um, Utah County charges a $75 shipping fee and they do ship through FedEx. It's all tracked. It's very whatever. But that brings the cost of the license up to $145. My cost for a normal wedding is $150. So that Mm -hmm. brings it to about $300, $295, right? Mm -hmm. Which for people in, in most countries isn't a huge, huge, huge pile of money. But if you're in a developing, a more, uh, developing country, the Philippines or Southeast Asia or Africa or somewhere, that could actually be a pretty large amount of money. So Compassionate Support Program just says, if you are in need, Mm -hmm. fill out this form and the form, like, I don't even ask for like, give me your paycheck stubs to prove that, you know, you don't need any. But normally I can tell when somebody starts needing that because they start talking about, well, I need to make payments on this or I need to wait until I get paid this day. And that's what I try, you know, try to introduce them to that. Where just if you can get a marriage certificate, I will do your wedding Aww. for free. Yeah, yeah, especially if they're in a position where the only way they can get married is through a, a virtual wedding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So my categories on the compassionate support go like if you're, um, so uh, Ukraine, for instance, mm-hmm. I get a lot of Ukrainian refugees, uh, people fleeing, you know, the wars in Ukraine and Russia. So that's a big category for me for my compassionate support program. A lot of LGBT couples, they have discrimination, not in just, you know, the society that doesn't support them as a couple, but they may be having discrimination in their social area because people know they're gay and they they can't get a job or things like that. So they do suffer that kind of discrimination, housing, employment, that kind of thing. People who are uh, military, I do offer a military discount. So um, active serving military, military families, people who maybe have medical issues, you know, they've, they've especially in the U.S., yeah. a lot of medical poverty, right, going on. Yeah. And then just like a generic category, if it's just something like, you know, my dad just died and I have to fly here and we really wanted to get married or they're passing away and we want to get married this, you know, but we can't afford it because we have to fly. So there's all kinds of situations and everybody is unique, but that's um i think something that i wanted to offer from the from the get-go so yeah and that's beautiful that you do that to help kind of facilitate and spearhead that that change across the world for more couples to be able to get married who might not have been able to otherwise yeah 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 no it's it's a really i'm really happy when i'm able to to do that to to help a couple you know because i think it's 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 one of the most important things you can do get married right Mm -hmm. it's a big yeah it's a big change deal yeah and then especially for couples who after that 
that's they they have to go through the navigate through the immigration process. Yeah. You're not yeah. not yet done. Exactly. But I think this is such a great option, and I really appreciate you coming today and educating our our audience on these virtual marriages and the process, and just want more couples to learn about this as as a potential option. And then the immigration, the immigration steps that go with a virtual marriage, really, it just is going to depend if the couple happened to be in the same place or in different places. But we've, you know, helped couples navigate through that. But I love that they have the most important part of the journey, the start, the marriage through through you. So would you like to share the best way that people can get in contact with you if they'd like to learn more or schedule a virtual wedding? Yeah, so I have I actually have a self-booking calendar on my website and you can just go in, pick a day, pick a time. Um, I offer free 15 minute consultation because most people don't believe that it's even real. Yeah, <laughs> so they want to look someone in the face and be like, is it real? Is it legal? Yeah. And I say, yes, it is. So I'm happy to do that for couples that are having that kind of anxiety about it. I understand it. It is new. It's very 21st century. Um, people really don't believe that you can just hop on a Zoom call and get married, which you actually can. And so I would say the best way to reach me is book through my website. I also have WhatsApp button on my website for people in uh, other countries. You can just tap the WhatsApp button and, and give me a chat. You can email me. I mean, all my contact information is there. So basically my website is onlineweddingsutah.com. Go there. It's the best way. Awesome. And we'll make sure whether if you, wherever you listen to this podcast, be it Apple, Spotify, or if you're watching on YouTube, if you check out the show notes um, below, you will be able to see all those those links. So you're able to get in touch with Reverend Heron and get your virtual wedding schedule. So thank yeah. you so much for being you're with so us and, and, and educating us here today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. 